and welcome to Barbershop.talk Podcast. In this podcast, we talk about concerns, concerns facing you, issues impacting your community. In reality, we talk about the things that you talked about in the shop. We try to bring those conversations right here on our podcast. Hello, my name is Jay Rod, and I am your host. I am in Out The Way Studios here in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I am joined with my co-host, KC. Thank you, Jay Rod. It is a pleasure to co-host Barbershop.talk podcast here in Out The Way Studios. I look forward to presenting topics we discuss in the shop, as well as the manner in which we discuss them. This would include the gambit from analytical to anecdotal, from critique to humor and fun all in an attempt to present to the audience the real flavor of barbershop talk. That's right. Because what we're going to try, we try to bring that conversation from the shop Saturday right to our podcast. That is our promise to you to do that every week. By the way, we are going to go ahead and introduce our other co-host, Arthur. Arthur, if you'd be so kind, introduce yourself. Hello. My name is Arthur. Yes, Arthur. His name is Arthur. In fact, he said that a little softly, which I'm kind of glad he did, because normally he just give us a hard time. I was talking about he's the smartest one in the room. I get tired of hearing that from time to time. So anyway, so let's just go ahead with our podcast. And Arthur, thank you for cooperating today. Intelligent far exceed J-Rod and KC's. Okay, here we go again. Yeah. Talking about his intelligence. Now, why do you keep saying that, Arthur? Why, why do you got to let everybody know that you are the most intelligent one in the studio? Because it is a fact. Yeah, Arthur, your intelligence is artificial. <laughs> When's the last time you cracked a book? <laughs> Give me a sec and allow me to do an analysis on your last statement. Yeah. Oh, gee. <laughs> well, did you do your analysis? Yes or no? Your data is inaccurate. <laughs> I ain't worried about you, Arthur. <laughs> okay, Arthur, I give it to you. You are the smartest one in the room. Woo! Okay, all right. So let's talk about what we talked about in the shop, you know, because we were talking about, actually, I put it on this category. Did you know that was racism or racist? Yeah, yeah, that's what the topic was. That was uh, the topic. topic. Things that we may not have realized was racist, uh, common phrases uh, and uh, things that we say today. Uh, yeah. that we said uh, growing up right. and didn't understand uh, maybe it's racist origins. Yeah. You know, but let, let me tell you how this whole thing got started. Because I, I happened to was telling this story uh, in the barbershop because it happened to me. It happened to me. I was at the, on Walmart on 86th Street. And it's Wallamilla season. And I admit, I love Wallamilla. That's racist already, Jay Rock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't care. When I hear Wallamilla, I feel good. That's even oh. more racist. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I went in to buy some Wallamilla, and uh, it was taking it. And then they had the big old boxes that they put it in. Mm-hmm. So I want to make sure that I selected the uh, adult because I know how to do that because my parents are from Mississippi. Matter of fact, my whole family's from Mississippi. So, you know, you have to. Um, a couple of things I'll give you a tip on how to pick a good wallet. First of all, when the watermelon is laying on the ground, it has like this uh, this spot you can tell where it's laying on the ground, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, and the shade is, is white and it can go dark tan. The darker the tan, the more ripe the watermelon. So it's, okay. it's a good wallet. And then the right. others you can thump on, right? So mm-hmm. if it sounds hollow, 
that's the well known. Now, also, you can uh, um, sniff where the stem is, so you know stem come out. Mm -hmm. And if it smells like fresh watermelon, almost like a grass like, yeah. that's a good watermelon. So I was doing this, right? Mm -hmm. And this old white lady, I want to say she's about 80 years old. And then she came to me and she said, uh, pick me out a good watermelon. And I said to myself, <laughs> what you just <laughs> say? <laughs> So, so my question was that racist? It depends. Did she put boy on the end of that? <laughs> no, no, I have to say she didn't. No, she she did not put boy behind that. And boy, was she lucky. <laughs> but no, 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 no. So okay, all right. So okay, well, I'm, I'm gonna say it like this, J. Rod. If she saw you thumping the watermelon, checking the bottom of it, and smelling the stem. It's only natural for her to assume, regardless of your race, that you're some kind of uh, watermelon connoisseur. You know, you're oh. an expert on, on watermelon. However, if she just saw you as y'all was walking in and y'all just had to be close near the watermelons and shouted that out to you, then that would be racist. Oh, okay, because I, I took a different perspective. Because I, I swear when she said, can you select a good wallman? I thought for sure this was going to come out of her mouth next. <laughs> I really, really did. Okay, this will settle the score. All right. After the watermelon, after you picked her out a watermelon, mm -hmm. did she ask you to get her some chicken? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's it. That's it. I, I, I'm not having a conversation with you today, Casey. I am not having a conversation with you today. I'm just trying to determine, you know, her thought process. Oh, okay. Well, I, okay, I, I tell you what. Yeah, I got some chicken for you, all right? Take that chicken. All right, okay. Well, if that is the case, I mean, because you was real liberal on trying to judge if she's uh, uh, racist or not, so maybe I should get a pass on my next story because it happened. Actually, this happened yesterday in my neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. Now, in our neighborhood, I, I tell you this, is that there was this uh, uh, Latino, this, this Mexican gentleman, and, and I was looking at my window, it looked like he was going door to door. And he has his hat on, you know, the hat to keep the sun off your head. Right. And he had some, yesterday. It was hot sun. That's right. And he had uh, uh, some pamphlets in his hand. I'm like, oh, look at here. So I watched him for a while. When he got close to my house, I came outside and said, hey, man, I'll take one of those pamphlets. I got some landscaping work you can do for me. He said, um, me no do landscaping. <laughs> I said, oh, that was a fail. Let me ask you something, J. Ryan. Uh, did he have a vehicle that had like a lot of yard care um, equipment on it? Uh, no. Was he wearing like some coveralls and uh, something? Did he have any uh, landscaping tools on him? Uh, no. Yeah, man, that was racist, <laughs> Jay Rod. That was racist. Oh I, I was sorry. So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for making that. I did not mean to be racist, but sometimes. We're racist and don't even realize. Yeah, you was wrong. You should have asked him to fix your roof. Oh, no. <laughs> that was terrible. That was terrible. In fact, he was he was selling um, a service to kill pass of bugs. But you know, but on the serious side, you know what it got me thinking about? It really got me thinking about terms that we used to use growing up, and we may not know the meaning of it. And if we knew the meaning of it, we wouldn't use it today. Mm -hmm. The first one I thought about is that uh, when my family went on vacations, 
And, you know, my family, we joke among each other all the time. Mm-hmm. And when my father was driving and when he said something, you know his kids going to get fired up or talk about him, he turned around and said, uh, I don't want to hear anything from the peanut factory or the peanut gallery. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I grew up, you know, I, I used to say, All right, I don't want to hear nothing from the peanut gallery. But when I did some research of what that term originated from, I don't think I ever used that term. Again. So I'm just going to have Arthur tell us about where that phrase originated from. Because it's not very flattering. This is a racial slur. During entertainment's heyday, the cheapest seats were usually high up in a balcony and the cheapest treats were peanuts. This section was often reserved for black patrons. This section of seating was called the peanut gallery. Wow, oh, man. Wow. J-Rod, I'm sad. Now, why are you sad? You used that phrase on me several times, J-Rod. <laughs> I, know. I can't believe it. I know, I know. <laughs> See, that, that is what I'm saying. If I knew what that phrase meant, I wouldn't use it. So, so the point to the listeners is this. You know, think about the terms that you're using, the peanut gallery. And then also, um, educate yourself. Don't take things for granted because you heard it before and use it because it may be a slur or maybe you may be offending yourself. And I will tell you this. If there's an educated person from another culture that mm-hmm. know exactly what it means and you using it towards your own culture, yeah. they are laughing up a storm at you mm-hmm. because in their mind, they have been, they are successful. That's just a circle. But that's not it. Okay. It's just it's just not for our culture, African American. Right. Because uh, here's, here's two terms that I use all the time. And you tell me if you use it too. It's like uh, no can do. You ask me, no can do. Or they say long time no see. Oh yeah, yeah. Use it all the time. All the time. Long time no see. Well, I looked at that phrase too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arthur, tell us what that phrase means. First of all, do you want to guess at all? No can do, you know, I can't do it. <laughs> that's right. That's it. That's exactly what I would look at it. But or this, I, I refuse to do it. All right. I got that. But this is where it originated from. This phrase is often used to mean I can't do that, but originally emerged in the 19th century and mocked Chinese immigrants' speech patterns in English. So it was to mock the Chinese folks the way they speak. Because I, I can hear them saying, uh, long time no see. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so it, wow. it, it's just scary. It is just scary of all the tone, totally, all the terms that we use. It's scary. You know, my first job. See, that's supposed to be scary, scary <laughs> <laughs> That's what that's supposed to be, because it is scary. My first my first job, Jay Rye, was at a Dairy Queen that was owned by a security. Oh. And so they were trying to uh, train me on all the different aspects uh, you know, the restaurant and some things I didn't want to do. Right. Yeah. So if it was something that they wanted me to do, I would say no can do. And their faces <laughs> would just turn upside down. And All right. I can do it. I can All do right, it. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't know I was, you know, being racially insensitive. That's right. You're mocking them. You're mocking them. That <laughs> was unaware. So, that's right. So that is what I'm saying, that we have to educate ourselves. You know, I, I'm going to tell you something. Another one that I stopped when I found out, uh, what it meant, and that's when I used to tell people, hey, I'm getting tired, I'm going to go to the crib. Right? Mm-hmm. I used to say all the time, go to the crib, I'm going to go home. That's what it meant. Until I found out that crib means a chicken coop. Oh. That's where it originated from. Mm. So, And I don't live in the chicken coop. 
Wow. And I don't want to represent my home as being a chicken coop. Uh, uh, coop. So that's why I stopped using that phrase, I'm going to go to the crib, or that's my crib, because it's supposed to be or represent a chicken coop. So that's out. And I guess that's the point that I'm trying to make, Casey, is that we need to investigate yeah. some of these phrases we took for granted to understand their origins to see if we're if there's a, a another meaning or, or original meaning that's uh derogatory i think you were spot on because i found out another one yeah because i always thought this was this was positive right they said hey Gerard, you grandfather in so you are automatically in the club i thought yeah. that was pretty good or uh, the grandfather clause yeah, it sounds like a good thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not like you're getting the benefit, getting the benefit. Yeah, but let me tell you what it, the it, the originator would come from, or how it was developed or created. Listen to this, Arthur. Tell us about it. Sounds like an innocent way to indicate there's a way to let some people avoid change because they were there before that change was enacted. Right. But the term itself started in the wake of Reconstruction in the American South to allow potential white voters to circumvent literacy tests poll taxes, and other tactics designed to disenfranchise Southern Blacks after a brief period of relatively open voting. That's why I never use that phrase, J. Rob. <laughs> yeah, right. It's always pissed me off. But you know something? Again, that was a phrase, and I didn't know the origin of it. Mm. And, and in fact, it's written into a, a lot of uh, a business where they have a policy change. Yeah. They still use that. Right. And if they knew where it originated from, maybe they would think twice before they used that. No, the people that are writing it would not think twice about it. But some of us that's reading it, yeah. we would think twice about now, that. Now, that's, that's a very good point. And also, it, it brings back to me or reminds me that the issues that we was facing a long time ago, we're still facing today mm-hmm. because they're trying to stop the African vote yes so that voter suppression that's exactly it's it's an american tradition (laughs) yes it is yes it is all right so saying that i think there uh i think i did have a few more um so let me see what else i have on here i looked up another one oh you should get this one matter of fact i know you're gonna get this this should be a touchdown too okay all right so here we go this is let me see here what is that noise? What the hell is that? Don't move, don't move. No, 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 don't you hit me. Don't you, don't you hit me. Don't you hit me. You better let that fly go. All right, all right, all right. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for killing that, Casey. Here to protect, J-Rod. Yeah, fairly slow. That was a pretty good pop to the head there. All right, buddy. How about this one? You might be able to figure this one out. Okay. Uh, so down the river. Now let me give you an example. I'm gonna give you an example of that. Okay. All right, here we go. Go ahead, Arthur. Give me an example. They kept the merger a secret until the last minute, so the employees who were laid off felt they'd been sold down the river. Now that is a good example, right? Because mm-hmm. the company didn't tell you that they're gonna right. downsize and then just lay you off. Yeah. And I heard a lot of people say they just sold me down the river. Yeah, the companies sell sell the employees down the river all the time. Uh yeah, that's definitely a negative connotation thing. Now, if you'd asked me about the origin of that, I would say it had to do something with selling a slave from one slave owner to another. Oh, I see. Well, you're pretty close on this. You're pretty close on this. So let's see what uh, on. Here we go. This expression, dating from the mid-1800s, 
alludes to slaves that were acting up or hard to control was sold down the river. They were sold to plantations that were known to be harsh on slaves. Mm. They got there by traveling down the Mississippi River to the southern states. This is how this phase was developed. Wow. Can you believe that? Mm -hmm. It was that the slaves that was acting up are uncontrollable. They were sold down the river to the plantation that was known to be harsh to slaves. And they went down the Mississippi River to do that. And that's how that down the river phrase. Yeah. But I do have I do have uh some problems with some of that stuff there. But tell me about it. Okay. They were sold to plantations that were known to be harsh mm -hmm. to slaves. What plantation was nice to slaves? Well, <laughs> you know. Well, no, yeah. no, tell it like it is. I, I could the average plantation is very brutal to slaves. Well, they were sent to some that was just ridiculously brutal to slaves. Well, this is what I have to say about that. I don't know the answer because I was not around doing slavery. But I want to get back to the point. Okay. okay. And the point is we got to think about the phrases that we are saying. You know, now I'm going to say to another black person, you sold me down the river. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I was sold too, bro. <laughs> WTF. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of harsh. That kind of harsh. So, all right, all right. Okay, about that. Uh, <laughs> let me see if I can do one more phrase here. Now, I say that to, 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 to people that work all the time. Of course, I work with some white folks. No. <laughs> <laughs> and they seem to understand. They give me the thumbs up. <laughs> I sold you down the river. Touchdown. <laughs> yeah. But man, I, I never had any idea that sold down the river meant that. And again, I tell uh -huh. you, if you know the origins of some of these phrases, brothers and sisters and listeners, I guarantee you would not use them. So educate yourself on the terms that you just accepted and used, just double check that you're not offending yourself or offending someone else. Okay. Oh, I got, I got another one. All right. Yeah, uh, okay, because... We got plenty of time. Yeah, and you know that uh, hip hip hurrah or hip hip parade? Yeah. You ever said that? Hey, ho, <laughs> hip hip parade. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm not necessarily talking about the song, but I've been to places. I've been to places they said, hey, three cheers for hip hip hooray. You know what? I had an experience once, this was maybe 15 years ago, I was in a bar. Okay. And a bunch of white guys started hollering at, you know, hip, 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 hooray or something hooray. like that. Yeah. And I was getting nervous, right? And a bunch of them got up and they walked straight toward me, but they walked right past me and grabbed this other whitish looking dude. I didn't understand, but I don't know. So, yeah. so I started cheering too. Woo! Because I thought that was it. Hooray! Hooray! See, no, 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 no. It's not what it means. See, it's not what it means. But I was celebrating. Oh, oh, all right. Here so, we go. so what does it mean, Jay Rock? Right. Oh my God, you're deflating me. <laughs> all right. All right, here we go. This is what it means. All right, I'm gonna have Arthur. What does it mean? Hip hip hooray is allegedly derived from the German phrase hep hep hooray. German anti-Semites used hep hep during the hep hep riots of 1819. It was a rally call to round up the Jews during the Holocaust. Mm. So it's a slur 
created by the Germans against the Jews. Yeah, and it's like the rally call. It's like the yee-haw that we play all the time. Wow. And it's like when they're going to round them up, that's what they're hollering in the group. All right. So just tell me, draw. next time we go to Shapiro, I don't care how excited you get, do not say hip, hip, correct. I think you're absolutely right. Because if I say that, the theme is going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> so and we're going to walk home like zombies. But you. Whoa! Don't say that don't either. Say that, either. <laughs> that might be more offensive. <laughs> yeah. but, but again, Mara, listen, the only thing I'm asking you to do, I've just asked you, be cautious of the phrase that you just accept. Educate yourself to see if you're offending your own or offending someone else. You know, I, I think this is a good time for us to recognize our sponsors. What do you think? All right, let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. But I do got a couple more I want to ask you about, J-Rod. Uh-oh, uh-oh. But let's do our sponsors. Yeah, hold on to the sponsors first. Oh, my God, here we go. All right, let's talk about our sponsors. Hey. It's a party out in M.I.A. Oh, King Cat. Go ahead, King Cat. Oh, man. Rocket boy. Yes. All right, so we're going to recognize our sponsors. Yes, we are. And that is the tune from our sponsor, Out the Way Studio with King Cap. Now, Out the Way Studio has several organizations under its umbrella, and one of them is making custom made t shirts and other apparel. If you have any interest, email King Cap. And Cap is with a K. King K. K-I-N-G, cap, K-A-P, 317 at gmail.com. And our second sponsor is 421 Barbershop, where good things happen to your hair. So if you want something good to happen to your hair, come on in to 421 to see any of our master barbers. And to our clients who are listening, thank you. Thank you for coming in and supporting 421 Barbershop on Michigan Road in Indianapolis. Whoa, that was for our sponsor. Oh, I see you over there jamming, Casey. Man, that party in MIA gets me every time. <laughs> I do like that too. He do have to be cut it up. And I'm telling you, if you want to hear some of his latest music, go to Spotify and just download. It is King Cap. And he is an original artist out of Indianapolis, Indiana. And I guarantee you would not be disappointed. And his tunes is for them all. If you like to party or you like to clean house, listen to a good beat. Then download King Cap latest tunes. All right. Now, with saying that, KC, I think you was going to try something on me. That makes me a little scary. Uh, I'll keep it the uh, PG-19. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to the 13? <laughs> All right. Go for it. Okay. So, I already know this is going to have some negative connotations, but I don't know the origin. Ooh. But the phrase nigger rig. Just, does does oh, Arthur know anything about that? Oh, oh, oh let's see. Uh, let me see. I don't think he looked that up earlier, but I'm certain he was in there because I think earlier he was looking up another. Okay, thing. well, why are you looking up that when I got another? Okay, what is that? Uh, Indian giver. Uh, okay, well, Arthur, uh, I don't know if you're out there or listen to us. And I never really fully understood that expression because I never knew any Indians. <laughs> That makes sense. So let's see what it says. 
Oh, you gotta speak up, Austin. You can't hear you if you're talking like that. Whatever happened to your voices? I'm the smartest one in the room. All right, see so what we got here. Indian giver derives from the alleged practice of American Indians of taking back gifts from white settlers. It is more likely that the settlers wrongly interpreted the Indians' loans to them as gifts. This term, which is certainly American, may have been coined to denigrate of the native race. Ooh, now that, you know, I like the way Arthur threw that in there, says that, no, 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 it wasn't the Indian giver, it's that the Caucasians have misinterpreted the Indians' loans. Yes. So I'm going to let you use this land. I didn't say I'm giving you this land. Right. But see how that how that do? So when they're loaned something, they don't pay it back. <laughs> and then they blame blame the person that gave it to them for it. <laughs> <I guess so. laughs> Let us try that. That is an explosion. <laughs> that would not never happen. I tell you, it is amazing of the things that we used to take for granted or phrases that we used to say that may be an insult to our culture or to another culture. So that's hey, hey, <clears throat> AJ Rod is hot in the studio. You know what I could really go for? What's that? Some ice cream. Oh no. Matter of fact, I heard something about that as well. Here's the music that we used to hear when we was growing up. And I tell you, we used to run to that ice cream truck left and right because it brings a beautiful feeling to us all. It is simply heaven. Oh, man, that just puts me in a trans-like state. Yeah. It's like I just got to start walking with my hands up. Yeah, we're playing kickball. Chasing that truck. <laughs> we got to stop playing kickball. We got to run toward that truck. Yeah. That is a wonderful sound. In fact, it's cooling me off already. But you know something? What's that? If you know the origins of that song, since we're talking about the origin of things, we're going to yeah. talk about the origin of the ice cream song. Were they created when they made ice cream? Uh, no. Because <laughs> they seem to go hand in hand. Well, maybe after that. Maybe not after this. So let's hear a little bit about this. For many people, chasing after the ice cream truck after hearing its now famous jingle is a summer ritual. But would you believe that the song actually has some racist origins? <laughs> okay, if you don't understand those those phrases, it said the N-word love a wallamilla. Ha ha, ha 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 ha. Oh man. And that's the tune to the ice cream truck. The N-word mm. love a wallamilla. Ha 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 ha. Okay, I gotta hear some more about this. Now now it's, it's blowing my whole world about the tune of the ice cream truck. And actually, they had the nerves to play that music in my neighborhood when the lyrics are in word loves the wallet miller. Uh huh. Ah. But when you hear that music, you got to chase that truck, though. Well, you're kind of. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, when I first became aware of some sort of uh, racist origin to the ice cream song, I just shook my head. I was just like, wow. That's Devin L. Walker from The Uncle Devin Show. He's a music educator who has studied the racist origins of some of the most popular nursery rhymes today. He spoke with us about the problematic past of the Ice Cream Truck songs and other children's songs that have more devious history than we expect. It comes out of, um, out of Europe. 
Uh, and it was a song that actually spoke more about uh, animals. It was a song called Turkey in the Straw. But in 1916, vaudeville actor Harry C. Brown borrowed the melody and published a very different version. He changed the, the lyrics to Nigga Want a Watermelon, Ha Ha Ha. Now that is terrible. It's so offensive, it's almost funny. <laughs> <laughs> so now, when you hear that song, when you hear this song, you know, they talk about the N-word, love some watermelon. You never. All I know, ice cream truck better never come down my street again. I'm a blaster. <laughs> so, so again, I just definitely had to put that out there. Again, the only thing, and I know I said this over and over again, and the only thing I ask in our audience to do is to educate yourself on the phrase that you're saying, because it may be offending your culture or someone else. And I really want to end this topic by saying this phrase. I think it's a very good phrase, but sometimes we need to remind ourselves. You know enough about a subject where you know you are right, but you don't know enough about the subject to know you are wrong. It, go ahead. No, go ahead and finish this, is, Casey. Is that like most women in an argument? I don't know. <laughs> but I am not going to end that way. I'm going to keep it on the serious tip. You know enough about a subject where you know you are right, but you don't know enough about the subject to know you are wrong. So with that being said, I am going to go ahead and sign off in case you can go ahead and do the same. I want to thank you for listening to Barbershop.talk podcast. Please tell your family, friends, and enemies about our podcast, Barbershop.talk, available on your favorite podcast platforms. That's at Peaks